2: And this is the prophetic voice of our time. If you missed our last week's broadcast, we are on podcast. You can go to our website, SOGMI.org. Again, it's SOGMI.org. Our topic for this broadcast is a part of your preparation and empowerment for this uh, great move of God. So our topic is righteousness of God versus self-righteousness. We always need to remind ourselves, even me, often, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Righteousness in Christ Jesus means that we have the right standing with Father God because of Jesus Christ. It's not of what we did, but what Jesus did. We have the righteousness of God when we conform to the will of God by our own words, our lifestyle, and mindset. We conform to the will of God when we apply His ways of doing things here on earth, when we live by faith. And not only that, we apply God's ways of doing things here on earth, and then we teach others or disciple others to apply also His ways of doing things. And most of all, to focus on our Lord Jesus Christ. Righteous means moral, just, sanctified and obedience to our faith in Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is the one who teaches us righteousness. In John chapter 14, verse 16 through 17, I'm going to read from NLT. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. John chapter 16 verses 8 through 11. And when he comes, meaning the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Okay, that's what it is. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. Righteousness of God in Christ Jesus means that we are partakers of the divine nature of God. We have our Lord Jesus DNA. And because of that... It means that we are very powerful and effective prayer warriors. In James chapter 5 verse 16 said, The effectual prayer of the righteous availeth much. And righteousness of God means that you always do what is right. Not in your own eyes, not in your own understanding, but in God's eyes. Example, because Jesus is our example. It's in Luke chapter 13, verse 10 through 16. It says, On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hand on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day for what bound her? Self-righteous people are very stringent and very religious in following man-made doctrines and traditions that limit God and limit his people. They always think or they are really convinced that they're better than anyone else. And all at the same time, Jesus called them hypocrites. They preach law and legalism, but they themselves are not following these laws. They consider themselves ruling class who knew better than the rest of us, like many of the politicians also in our days. They think that they will decide for us what is better, what is good, and what is bad. Right? But so are the uh, self-righteous people. Uh, They're proud. They're boastful. And self-righteousness is for their own personal gain. Remember the litmus test in everything that we do for God? God gets all the glory. It benefits his people and it benefits you also, but not just yourself. Okay, Those three things will always happen when Jesus Christ is front and center. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 3, Jesus addressed the Pharisees. He said, Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? An example of a self-righteousness is, is uh, found in Judas, who betrayed Jesus. When a woman ministered to Jesus by pouring alabaster box of perfume on his feet, and said Judas in John chapter 12, Verses 5 and 6, he reacted this way. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. That's an expensive perfume. He did not say that because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keepers of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. And Jesus rebuked him. And Jesus told him and told the disciples in verse 8, it says, You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. And Judas was being practical. If you're going to look at it, and I said, like, that is a one-year salary and uh, very expensive. But he doesn't care about the poor. See, he's a hypocrite. He is taking kickbacks when he gives money to the poor because he was the treasurer. And same thing with self-righteousness. We boast as if by our own uh, gift and efforts and resources that uh, we have been successful, but not in the kingdom of God because Jesus said, outside of me, you cannot do nothing. You can't do nothing. And Moses warned the nation of Israel before they entered the promised land. In Deuteronomy chapter 9, starting with verse 4, All the way to verse 6. Deuteronomy chapter 9 starting with verse 4. I believe I'm reading from uh, NIV. It says, After the Lord your God has driven them out before you, do not say to yourself, The Lord has brought me here to take possession of this land because of my righteousness. No, it is on the account of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is going to drive them out before you. It is not because of your righteousness or your integrity that you're going in to take possession of their land, but on account of the wickedness of these nations. The Lord your God will drive them out before you to accomplish what he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Understand then that it's not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God is giving you this good land to possess, for you are stiff-necked people. So even then, this is something that you and I need to be very mindful of. We are in a season of power and everything is being accelerated. I don't know what happened to the month of September. All I know is I came back from trip to uh, Kenya and Germany and France and afterwards, we spent uh, five days. I flew with a group to Washington, D.C. for another event. And I have been playing catch-up since. But God is doing something so wonderful in our midst. And I know it is happening all around us upon the body of Christ. And you are part of that. That's why we are going to discuss this, uh, this God's uh, righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that we are righteous because of Christ Jesus, and not because of what we did. Okay, uh, so it is important for us. And in Second Samuel chapter twenty-three, verses two and four says, "The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me; His word was on my tongue." The God of Israel spoke; the Rock of Israel said to me, "When one rules over men in righteousness, when he rules in the fear of God." He's like the light of morning at sunrise on a cloudless morning, like the brightness after the rain that brings the grass from the earth. Why are we discussing this now and about the ruler? Because in Revelation 1.6 and Revelation 5.10, God planned and ordained that he has created us to be kings and priests, to rule and reign here on earth with him, with Christ Jesus. So we are the righteousness of God, in Christ Jesus, here on earth, being led by the Holy Spirit. So let me read again, Second Samuel chapter twenty-three, verses two through four. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me; His word was on my tongue. The God of Israel spoke; the Rock of Israel said to me, "When one rules over men in righteousness, when he rules in the fear of God, he is like the light." of morning at sunrise on a cloudless morning, like the brightness after rain that brings the grass from the earth. The body of Christ, hear me out. The body of Christ have been trained to minister before the Lord, to preach and quote scriptures to one another, and do not sin, like do not steal, do not kill. And we remind each other, which is true. And we preach the word of God, we pray for one another, but uh, and uh, so we, uh, so we are trained, we are trained and, this, and, and we are being discipled to be a priest, to, to be a ministers of our God, because that's our destiny. But we have not been taught how to govern. Because we have instilled it in our heads that we have to be on a full-time ministry. I am called to be in a full-time ministry, in a full-time ministry, in a full-time ministry. It means to say that you're going to be a pastor or you're going to be uh, an evangelist and uh, you don't have to work. It's very limiting. Yes, many of us are called in the front lines, okay? But the plan of God for the body of Christ is to be kings and priests, that the fulfillment of the prophecy about Jesus about God in Isaiah chapter 9 that the government shall be upon his shoulders and we are the body of Christ so the government of God will be in all and all it will be in every sector of society but we only got discipled by ministering and preaching the gospel but we are supposed to be a living epistle for the world to read in every sector of society. You know, the Lord had me released a prophecy in, I think, in 2000, which I did not understand. But, uh, but me and Mike have been working at the same time doing ministry work. We are full-time ministers. And at the same time, we keep full-time work until, for me, until 2003 and we don't mind we didn't mind that it's kind of exciting because we learned we are learning to implement God's ways of doing things in the economic sector in the financial sector in the business this um prophecy was in May 2000 that i released and it says that there will be replacement displacement demotion and promotion in the body of Christ and you know it's just like okay And the prophecy continues that God is going to send forth what we call the full-time ministers now back to the business sector. And God is going to call out those that are in the business sector to be in a full-time ministry. And for me, it makes sense to me. Because how are you going to minister? How are you going to counsel and give instruction to a businessman if you yourself never operated or have handled any job at all other than preaching or other than being a pastor, you can't. Because the answer will always be, I will just going to pray for you. And in some areas, the pastor will refer the, these people to those that are in the ministry, that are in the business sector. So we, we cannot reach out to them and we we would not be able. So with this transfer of wealth, God is not just going to open the, the gates of heaven and just let the money or the gold fall and said that's not how God operates. He can do that. He's more than able, but that's not how God operates. But how can you operate a business? How can you own a company when you don't know how to operate in it? So how can you? How can you govern? How can you manage if you don't know? Anything. How can you apply God's ways of doing things in every sector of society? See, for many, many years, for many decades, the Bible Christ, the ministries, they are so limited within the four corners of their church that you took care about the soul of the people. You took about the spiritual things. We take care of the rest. But uh, spiritual things manifest in the natural, whether it's a curse or a blessing. And we are the one that was assigned by God to be a steward on this earth. Right. So it is amazing how things get so really skewed in a lot of areas. And before you knew it, it seems like being ignorant or uneducated of other issues is a sign of spirituality. Just like uh, you hear people, "I, I live by faith. It means to say they're in need and they're asking for money. No, the faithful people, those who live by faith, like Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and many others in the Bible, they are all got blessed because faithfulness, a blessings will come. It might not be the way or the timing or when it comes to money, the amount that you want it, but everything will be for, provided for. But when it comes to governance, just like and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And when it comes to governing, when it comes to ruling and reigning, we still have yet to learn we need the holy spirit desperately so don't be a student of the bible instead register to the school of the holy spirit and he is going to illuminate the bible the word of god and it will come alive and it will be so powerful amen okay first kings chapter 10 verse 9 i said praise be to the lord your god who has delighted in you and placed you on the throne of israel Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he has made you king to maintain justice and righteousness. How can righteousness be maintained here on earth if the body of Christ is not at the helm? With all the bad things that are happening, that is not the sign of God's coming. The sign of Jesus coming back is when the body of Christ is at the helm. It's in the book of Revelation. It says the kingdoms of this world has now become the kingdom of our God and of Christ. That is the sign. The, the bad things, that's a sign for the wicked. It's not for you and I. So we need to focus and change our mindset that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It means to say the Holy Spirit will tell us what to do, will tell us what to say. And how to do things based on God's ways of doing things here on earth. In every sector of society, he is our teacher. So that what? So that justice and righteousness will be maintained here on earth. Remember, the righteousness is the scepter of our Lord Jesus Christ, of our, our, of our God. Scepter means the authority, right? Okay. Psalm 48, verse 10. Like your name, O God, your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness. With what is happening to our country right now, we need to recite Psalm 65, verses 3 through 13, and make it as our prayer and adoration to our God. And remind him that this country that our founding fathers have dedicated this and and made a covenant with Almighty God that this nation is under God. It means to say the government of our God, that body of Christ will be at the helm. Are you getting this? And we are going into that except the uprooting has to take place, the uprooting of wickedness in Washington, D.C. and in this country that only the hand of God will be able to accomplish that, right? Okay, Psalm 65, starting with verse 3 all the way to verse 13. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. You answer us with awesome deeds of righteousness, O God, our Savior. The hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. Who formed the mountains by your powers, having armed yourself with strength. Who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the turmoil of the nations. Those living far away Fear your wonders, where morning dawns and evening fades. You call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. The stream of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain. For so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty, and your carts overflow with abundance. The grassland of the desert overflow, the hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks, and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. And in Isaiah 61, verse 10, it says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. Joel 2:23. Be glad, O people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the autumn rains in righteousness. We are now in this season. God is giving us autumn rain in righteousness. Glory to God. So when you hear the bad news, when you watch the news, when you see what is happening in our political arena and how divided this country is, keep in mind that as long as you and I, the body of Christ, is united, the blessings of God will continue to flow. Okay? And I am learning I am learning so much from the Holy Spirit about about praying. When he gave me this teaching about righteousness the first thing that came in my mind and said, everybody knows that every Christian knows that, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have the right standing, but righteousness also is doing the will of God, not our own will. So I started for those that I can see that they are really evil. Instead of me talking back on the, on the television or getting upset with them or getting involved with anger and malicious talks and arguments, I talked to the Lord and I said, I'm going to do the right thing. That's why you're showing me, you're teaching me again about righteousness. I'm going to pray for these people. And I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus that you will uncover all their evil plots You're going to frustrate them and that they were going to get saved, that they're going to be dealt with. But I'm going to pray for them from now on. And let me pray for you today. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for healing. That healing is in the air. It is released in the atmosphere. Thank you for touching and healing and delivering your people from, a- from any and all infirmities and sickness and diseases in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for the breakthrough. And I thank you, Lord, that you keep the passion in their hearts to obey you, to trust you, to believe in you, and then to teach others in righteousness. I thank you, Father, for this country, that this wicked root, Is going to be uprooted, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that this country, the United States of America, will finally be really, truly one nation under God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Join us in our Sunday services. We are located at 8419 Callahan Road off IH10. Our Sunday service in the morning starts at 1030. And if you cannot make it, we are live streaming at exactly 11 o'clock. And of course, we also have 7 o'clock p.m. service and Wednesday. God bless you for tuning in. Until next time.
1: Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you.